Hey everybody, and thank you for listening, and welcome to season four of the OK Gatsby colon vibe and read with us. Came off real smooth that time. Nice. Very good. We Very nailed good. it. We nailed We're it. We're, of course, reading Pride and Prejudice. If you're tuning in now, I have no idea what your game plan is. But no. I, yeah. Not a game plan studier. But hey. The last we left our heroes. Yes. There was some awkward tension in a parlor. Yes. There was some parlor tension. Yes. Darcy. And some lower back tension. That's why they had to keep standing up they and walking around had, the room. Well, if you're, yeah, if you, your primary activity is sitting and uh, and throwing looks, yes. you know, then uh, throwing their neck out. Yeah, you should <laughs> just serving looks. Serving looks. Uh, you should get up and walk around the room once in a while, and that happened, and uh, all that Darcy uh, stuff. Yeah, but. We're now, gonna see, we're going to see Jane get better. Jane's getting better. Travel three miles. It, I still can't get over that of like, e- even if I am very sick. Yeah. Three miles I would walk. Three miles. To not stay at someone else's to not, house. Oh, to, not, to not be someone's house guest for a week and a half. I don't know. People, I think house guest culture is obviously different in this period. Like, we see Mr. Collins. He's like, yeah, I'm going to come by Monday. I probably won't leave until Saturday. And he's like, <laughs> just like, that's just like. Yeah, the, I'm going to live with you guys. That's just the thing. It's like, I feel like that should be uh, that should be like more of a plan. It shouldn't be like, you send a letter like, I'll stop by Monday. He says Monday, 4 p.m. He says, when is going to come there? Monday, 4 p.m. Also, like, how cheap was food that you just had a week's worth of extra for person food around yeah i don't know you're right it's all this poverty talk i feel like uh yeah it's just so rude i don't understand i mean it's it's got to be it's a cultural thing also colds as we discussed in 1815 they hit different they hit different they were just hitting different that's Uh, the bottom line yeah man yeah if her friend who lived in prospect park came over (laughs) got a little sick and was like look guys we're very sick no 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 very sick. Yeah, if you got very sick even, I'd be like, you still got to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's uh, like, no, there's no Ubers or buses. I'd be like. no Uber. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, it's, then, uh, sounds like you got to walk. <laughs> there's Ubers that go like one-tenth as fast. So you'll get home. No, no, not even. Like half. Yeah, a 25 mile per hour Uber in the city is. Yeah. Gonna, you could probably take a horse 10 miles per hour. Of course, on a straight country road. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's also, it's like yeah. a straight, like she it's walked just, there before. <laughs> right. As we discussed, Elizabeth walked there. It was weird, but it made her only a little red. Yes. That's it. Anyway. So, yeah, that's where we left them, and it looks like it is coming to an end despite Mrs. Bennett's <laughs> best efforts. Yeah, let's get into it. I love Mrs. Bennett's. Is that the first thing that happens? Yes. I love, I love Mrs. Bennett's reaction to like, oh, you're you're home already. Okay. They're like, so Elizabeth they wrote send a word. They yeah. send a letter. Please yeah. send the carriage. We want to come home. Right. And Mrs. Bennett's like, no, <laughs> you're supposed to be uh, there. We a full week. <laughs> we, we just can't use the carriage until Tuesday. Uh, yeah, she wants her to stay. She wants Jane and Elizabeth to stay. She goes. She wants her daughters to get married. This is the only thing Mrs. Bennett really has as a character trait is desire for her children to be wed. Yes, that's the biggest pro, and like to the point where she will impose on other people's hospitality just oh, yeah. to increase. Chances. Oh my God! Yeah, Jesus. I mean, she. This <laughs> is the least of her. It's part of her grand plan. I mean, like uh, a, a big sleepover. 
And it did work. I mean, it worked. I yeah. mean, and Bing, Bingley and Jane are closer. Darcy and Elizabeth are close. Yes. Or not it, close, but they got something happened. You know? They know each other more. Right. Uh, the sister sees her as a genuine rival. And in general, the uh, the family has been charmed by the, by Jane. Uh, yeah. So it was a plan to like, let's get her sick and have her stay there. Like it worked better than she even thought it yeah, would. Yeah. Well, even like it was raining. Well, yeah. Her plan was like she'll get stuck there overnight because of the rain. Because of the rain. And she's like, and maybe, uh, you know, I, you know, <laughs> I've been sneezing on her for all a week. Maybe who knows? Yeah. It's raining. Who knows? Uh, so, but Elizabeth is desperate to get out of this house. She's like, no, yeah. mom, stop playing your games. So she has Mr. Bingley get his carriage. And they're like, no, please stay one more night. And they do. But right. in the morning, they take a carriage. After the services. Yes. The I'm master of the about, house. I'm curious about the service. I'm curious about like what kind of church they went to. I feel like everything else is described in like this long detail. And there's one sentence given to the church they go to. She must not like church very much. Probably not. Because she also should, like, uh, there's the the minister cousin who comes, Mr. Collins, and she, and he's, he's seen real, as a real... Real dweeb. Yeah. yeah the leader of the loser. church. Yeah. <laughs> a creepy dweeb. I feel yes. like... I feel like... We'll, we'll discuss it, but I, I, I... We'll discuss it. We'll discuss it. I've got a hot riff I'm going to deploy at that time. Yeah. But, yeah, church is... I mean, one sentence about church, the services. I mean, I guess, like, if she hates, you know, the, the status quo of, like, social life... As it is, of course, you're going to hate church, yeah. which is the thing that you know cements those things. Yeah, the uh, there is an interesting line of Darcy's so thrilled they're leaving because he w- wisely resolved to be particularly careful that no sign of admiration should now escape him. Yeah, nothing that could elevate her with the hope of influencing his felicity. It so, seems like good. And I mentioned Elizabeth had been in Netherfield long enough; she attracted him more than he liked. Yeah, so, so he's like. He had. He's like, this is just camp feelings. Like when you're stuck at a summer camp with a lady, and you're like, just proximity. That's why I like her so much. Right. <laughs> well, that that's what he's trying to tell himself. Yes. Right. But also, like, I like the idea. Every time Darcy's attraction to Elizabeth is brought up, it's always like dangerous and more yes. than he liked. It's like it's like overpowering him, which is like that is where the real romance gets started. It's like that's what really gets people forgive yeah. me turned on. Yes. You know? it's a self-imposed forbidden oh, I love. Can't do it, forbidden, forbidden. Uh, that's it's what like, it's I all can't about. Marry her? She's got a cousin it. who lives in a mediocre neighborhood in London. <laughs> also, okay. Also, we're, we're talking about point of view. The like the the narration narrative point of view. It seems like the rule is, uh, the point of view is of the uh, Bennett sisters, unless Darcy is thirsty. Unless, we, yes. unless we're thinking about how much Darcy wants Elizabeth, then we can jump into his mind for a little while and kind of get the inside scoop yeah. on uh, what he's feeling, on the vibes he's trying to put out. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so Darcy is, is glad to be gone away from his secret love, so he won't be tempted anymore. Everyone's very nice. Uh, Even the sisters, exactly. The Bingley sisters are nice. They are great in the, when the moment calls for it to be very civil. Actually, this is an interesting point. Is like Elizabeth can see that like they're very good at performing the important kindness. Like when Jane was sick, they're like, "Oh my god, it's so it's so so bad that you're sick. I hate being sick. Oh my gosh!" And then as soon as like the moment for that kind of performance has passed, where you can your true kindness would shine through, they're like. Then they're and, gossips. Yeah, they're, they're like, like snarky gossips. Exactly. Yeah. But when even when Mrs. Bennett's around, is like, let me be a gracious host to this lady I despise. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Bennett uh, 
It was not happy to see them. <laughs> they were not welcomed home very cordially by their mother. Mrs. Bennett wondered at their coming and thought them very wrong to give so much trouble and was sure Jane would have caught a cold again. So that's so she's like, no, you ruined my plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Back I like so this. Soon. But their father, though, very laconic in his expressions of pleasure, was really glad to see them. He had felt their importance in the family circle. The evening conversation, when they were all assembled, had lost much of its animation and almost all of its sense by its absence <laughs> of Jane and Elizabeth. So good. Such a classic Mr. Bennett roast of uh, of uh, Kitty and Lydia. Lydia. And then even Mary's. Mary. Like, uh, Mary with your extractions or oh, whatever he Oh, great. Calls them. Your theories from your books. Oh, <laughs> another interesting theory, Mary. Yeah, great, so. Mary. <laughs> He's like, where's Elizabeth so I could be like, that guy sucks. Yeah, he misses the conversation. He misses the the takes, you know. Uh he's not getting he's not getting what he wants. It, that uh and clearly he's a he's a witty guy and he misses uh, He misses his riff butt. Yeah. <laughs> his pal. <laughs> they're they're the Miss Bingley and Mrs. Hurst, but uh of their family. Exactly. They found Mary's usual deep in the study of thorough base and human nature <laughs> and had some new extracts to admire and some new observations of threadbare morality to listen to. Oh, lovely. An extract. Thank you so much, Mary. Excellent. And some threadbare morality. <laughs> oh, Ooh, threadbare. <laughs> oh, great, Mary. This morality has barely been used. Awesome. It's just like, like a good goodwill morality. Yeah. Awesome. And then there's gossip about the officers. These officers. An man. officer and gentleman. I mean, I love a man in uniform. Yeah, says the character. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they thought that's what they think. Yeah, that's what. Um, uh, but yeah, like basically, I like how like first of all, I mean, as little personality is, uh, cat, kitty, kit, kitty, Catherine, yeah, right? Catherine, kitty, kitty, and the kitty coffer. Lydia, have, yeah, yeah, kitty yeah. coffer and tall Lydia. They have very little personality, but these colonels have even less. They're like, yes. and they're soldiers, blank faces with nice uniforms. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Uh, so then we get big important gossip that Mr. Bennett plays to. He loves to vex his wife. Here's a classic vexing. Ah, oh, man. He be vexing. He loves knowing something they don't know. And he goes, I know something you don't know. Oh, and then they go, Tell us, tell us, <laughs> tell us. And he's like, Nope, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> And until they have a near heart attack, he goes, "Okay, I'll tell he you." Makes, he makes he makes his week. Yeah, this is a, this is biggest excitement is is having his daughters and wife beg him for any information. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got to be like stuff that like he doesn't care about, but they are, have as the utmost importance, which is like men and visiting like, men. visitors. Yes, yes. So he goes, "The person of whom I speak." Is a gentleman and a stranger. It's like a riddle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, he's really playing it up. Mrs. Bennett's eyes sparkled. A gentleman and a stranger. It is Mr. Bingley, I'm sure. Why, Jane, you never dropped a word, this you sly thing. And then she complains about not being ready for him. And then he goes, it is not Mr. Bingley. <gasps> it is a person who I'm, I, I never saw in the whole course of my life. And he's got two legs in the morning, three legs at night. <laughs> <laughs> this roused a general astonishment, and he had the pleasure of being eagerly questioned by his wife and five daughters at once. So this is the he he right. plays it as we discussed. The pleasure of being eagerly eagerly interrogated is what he wants. Uh, so he goes about a month ago. I received this letter, and about a fortnight ago, I answered it, for I thought it a case of some delicacy and requiring early attention. 
That's so funny that like responding to a, a letter in two weeks is like, I really got to get to this <laughs> letter. <laughs> he basically, he left this guy on read for a long yeah. time. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. And then we find out it's Mr. Collins, the cousin who will be inheriting the house. Yeah, which is it's, it's, it's so crazy. It's because they're all women. They can't inherit property. So it's all going to go to uh, Mr. Collins, leaving their family, quote unquote, destitute. Yes. <laughs> as, as Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Bennett puts it that way. They will yeah. be destitute uh, without These being poor married. ladies, yes. Yeah. Uh, and what's so funny is that they really, like, Mr. Bennett hates this guy. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. And he's got to leave his house to this loser. <laughs> like, just by some weird societal demand. He hates this guy. He hates his dad. That's part yeah. of the that's He part mainly of the hates the guy's dad. Yeah. Uh, and so Mrs. Bennett is, like, furious that this guy's coming over. Or just that this guy talked to him. Because um, he is essentially stealing the house by, by society's rules uh, from the, his daughters. Leaving them with no power. And they try and explain to Mrs. Bennett about entails and how legally they had no choice. <laughs> and she's like, I won't hear it. <laughs> yeah, right. She, like, like Both daughters know better than their mom, but they just know that they don't have the energy or time to explain entailments to them. Yes. To her. She even says at one point, I hate such false friends. False she hates, friends. She hates fake friends, She hates dog. fake friends. I, I underlined fake friends because I knew we'd be, we'd be ripping about <laughs> false friends. False friends. He's false friends. Uh, Why could he not keep on quarreling with you as his father did before him? And it's like, tell me you hate me to my face. Don't yeah. be a false yeah. friend. Keep that old beef. Keep that old beef, man. Yeah. So the, the, the gentleman writes a letter to the Bennett family, knowing that his father was a uh, rival of, of Mr. Bennett. And that he, there is some bitterness that he will be inheriting the wealth that should go to these daughters. Right. And he wants to kind of atone or amend that situation, right? Yes. So it's very pretentiously written. Right. Yeah. It was so boring. Uh, yeah. It was, it's, a, it's a long, boring letter basically saying, I'm coming to, to stay with you. And I'm sorry that our, my dad doesn't like, you didn't like yeah. my dad. And he is dead now. And I am a pastor. Yes. So, like, just the prose, just for a quick sample. My mind, however, is now made up on the subject. For having received ordination at Easter, I have been so fortunate as to be distinguished by the patronage of the Right Honorable Lady Catherine de Boer, widow of Sir Louis de Boer, whose bounty and beneficence has preferred me to the valuable rectory of this parish, where it shall be my earnest endeavor to demean myself with grateful respect towards her ladyship. My earnest endeavor to demean myself. Yeah, so, like, the characterization that Austin gives... This man is the fact that he's very self-important, but also very uh, self-effacing. Like he's uh, he's, he's like worshiping power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like I'm nothing. I'm nothing, but I am pretty close to being something. I, I I work for a very noble lady. Yeah, he's a little. Yeah, and she's so great and she's so pretty and <laughs> it's such an honor to be near and, you. Oh, and I just want to make her happy. <laughs> All I want to do is please her in my station as much as I'm able to. So he is a clergyman. In the Church of England, uh, and he goes on just rattling about himself. Mr. Bennett's like, he'll be here at four. Um, until probably like Saturday. <laughs> yeah, until like Saturday. <laughs> I'm going to come by four, 4.30. Uh, I'll leave maybe uh, uh, the next moon. <laughs> 19th century happy hour. It goes from 4 p.m. until Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stop by. So now we get to the... Um, he seems to be most, let's see here, yep. 
Elizabeth was chiefly struck with his extraordinary deference for Lady Catherine. So right away in the yeah. letter, that pops off of like, why is this guy? Right. That's his boss. Like, yeah, why enough. is he writing about it to his cousins? About enough. Him? Well, it's like it's like it's like his boss. It's the person who's giving him money. So it's like so clearly why it's so obvious why you're being deferential. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like all the deference is like assumed to be false. Yes, and so to be playing it up this much, I think is like you know you know stinks of. Disingenuity. Either this guy is serious and that's bad, or he is playing a, f- a face and like it's also bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Either he's so simple as to like genuinely think she's this great and the, like worship dumb. class structure, or yeah, or he's that fake. He's yeah. that much of a false friend. He's a false friend. He's a false friend. FFs get out. No FFs. Uh, sham false for my. <laughs> 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 Champagne. Champagne for my real friends. Sham false for my <laughs> false friends. No, what? Real, f- real false. pain for my false friends. False. It's the sham is the part that, or, you know. Yes. Finish that riff at home. Yeah, it's a make your own riff. It's a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so a fixer n- upper riff. And yeah. here we get a nice little moment between father and daughter where they, they take turns doing analysis. He must be an oddity, I think, said Elizabeth. I cannot make him out. There is something very pompous in his style, and what can he mean by apologizing for being next in the entail? We cannot suppose he would help it if he could. Can he be a sensible man, sir? Right. That's Okay, so what Elizabeth is saying, he's apologizing for uh, his accident of birth. He's apologizing for being born to the man who would have inherited their entailment. So he's just sorry. Yes. Um, which is like, so he's not a sensible guy, is what she's saying. And he, and yeah, he goes, no, my dear, I think not. I have great hopes of finding him quite diverse. <laughs> there was a mixture of servility and self-importance in this letter, which promises well. I'm impatient to see him. Yeah. And so he's he's impatient to see him because he can't wait to roast this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, right. It is, it's clear now. Yeah, you'll see later when he's there. But like Mr. Bennett from the start is like, yeah, let's see what this guy's got. This will be hilarious. This will be great. We don't have TV or anything. Yeah, you know, so this, guy, this loser's going to come in and act like an a- yeah. uh, jerk. And yeah. <laughs> this is this is this Nintendo Switch. It's, yes. He's like, it's like it'll be pretty fun. I can't wait till it gets here. I'm going to play with it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Mary goes. In point of composition, his letter does not seem defective. The idea of the olive branch perhaps is not wholly new. Yet I think it is well expressed. And everyone's like, "All right, Mary." Mary, right. it's very clear that you read and have absorbed everything, but digested none of it. Great. Yes. And then Catherine letter, neither the letter nor its writer were in, in any degree interesting. It was next to impossible that their cousin should come in his scarlet coat. So they're just like, "When are we going to see more soldiers?" <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes through the whole line. Elizabeth Jane's like, "Oh, he seems nice," and Elizabeth like, "That's weird. What he apologized for? I don't know. He's he's got a bad vibe." And then Mister Bennett's like, "Yeah, he he seems like a real worm." And then the Mary's like, "He is a defective metaphor user." <laughs> and then the girls are like, "Officers?" <laughs> not, not, yeah, right. So like, just like a real quick vibe check on everybody's uh, personality. Yeah. yeah. Mary is interesting. Uh, it feels like Mary's obviously like uh, book smart, but not street smart, for lack of a better term. But like, it seems Jane Austen's kind of sending her up as like she's an an empty intellectual voice. Yeah, she learned writing craft and like the general sort of fake academic sense of the world, but doesn't have sort of the incisiveness of Elizabeth by any stretch. Right, right. So it seems like she's that one dimensional to, to as to be like a you know it's a send a send up. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and then he arrives, and he just—he's just straight up complimenting left and right. He's doing everything he can to charm these ladies. 
Uh, he had long been seated before he came with Mrs. Bennett on having so fine a family of daughters. Said he had heard much of their beauty, but that in this instant fame had fallen short of the truth. And added that he did not doubt her seeing them all in due time well disposed of in marriage. This gallantry was not much to the taste of some of his hearers, but Mrs. Bennett, who quarreled with no compliments, answered most readily. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is already made for Mrs. Bennett to enjoy. Yeah. And here we get our, the first destitute line. You are very kind, sir, I am sure, and I wish with all my heart it may prove so, for else they will be destitute enough. Things are settled so oddly. So she's like, well, yeah, she, they're in a weird position because you're going to be stealing their home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you allude perhaps to the entail of this estate. And yeah, and so they kind of talk around the issue. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to, don't worry, I'm going to do something nice. And we find out what nice thing he is going to do in the next chapter. Yes. Uh, Ask Elizabeth to marry he's him. He's going to try and marry one of his cousins. <laughs> yes, as you do. That was also a big thing in uh, in these times. Oh, yeah. But I feel like they're middle class. Why would they marry their cousin? I feel like that was a royal thing. Well, I feel like it's usually, I mean, it's it's for this exact purpose where it's like, let's keep this money in the family. Yeah. You know? Um, but it's a very unromantic, which is Jane Austen uh, seems to be pointing out. This guy is so squirmy, such a yeah. worm, like such a disgusting, like yeah, just a dork, a, a dude, dork. He's a he's just a he's a Mayor Pete type. <laughs> I get like yeah, yeah, <laughs> just a, yeah, like a just a sniveling. Here's what you want to hear. Obsessed so with it. the structure of society yeah. and wanting to serve his quote unquote betters and. And trying to play every card right that he can. Yeah. Anyway, and then... Uh, let's see. And then th- there's this is funny where uh, he accidentally was like, whoever made this meal, is this one of your daughters who cooked? And Mrs. Bennett is so offended at this. <laughs> She's like, oh, we can afford to hire a cook. Who assured him with some asperity that they were very well able to keep a good cook and that her daughters had nothing to do in the kitchen. <laughs> My daughters don't know anything. <laughs> We okay. have enough money that my daughters are useless. <laughs> <laughs> they can barely play piano. He begged pardon for having displeased her. In a softened tone, she declared herself not at all offended, but he continued to apologize for about a quarter of an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. He's, he apologized for a quarter of an hour. This guy's a loser. For like just an easy question. Uh, and then there's a weird part of him talking about his uh, patron, this old noble, and uh, her their inbred daughter who is very ill all the time, and he is just a he loves to talk about her. Yeah, he like clearly he like lights up at the wrong times. Like he's he, you get all excited about your patron's daughter. Like it's just a creepy dude. Like I get like a I don't know. I get like a like a like like the young teacher who is too friendly with his with the female students kind of vibe. I get like a weird vibe on this guy. Yeah. When he's talking about the daughter, like I, I pay her compliments all the time. I yes. love complimenting her. Uh, I think where is it? I think it's on this page or is it maybe the next page? Oh, wait. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, you judge very properly and it is happy for you that you possess the talent of flattering with delicacy. May I ask whether these pleasing intentions proceed from the impulse of the moment or are the result of previous study? <laughs> so Mr. Bennett's like, wow, you really uh, say nice things to these uh, these nobles. And like, he is like straight-facedly setting him up to embarrass himself. Yes. Like, he, do you, he, he hates this guy so much. Do you make up those awesome compliments that you're so cool for giving or do you... Uh, do you write them beforehand? Do you write them beforehand? 
And he says, they arise chiefly from what is passing at the time, and though I sometimes amuse myself with suggesting and arranging such little elegant compliments as may be adapted to ordinary occasions, I always wish to give them an unstudied an air as possible. So sometimes I do write them, but I always try to play off like they were written. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Shut up, loser. <laughs> also, he's blowing up the spot of every stand-up comedian uh, performing out there. You know, you have to making it. That's what we do. Well, yeah, this whole Pretending. podcast has been written yeah. for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third draft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is not getting any better. <laughs> we are off the rails. We need an editor. Pretty bad. Yeah. Yes. Riffing. Planned riffs. Mr. Bennett's expectations were fully answered. Like, he's like in heaven. Got he, it. Yeah. He hates this guy so much. I love the passage where he like he just looks at Elizabeth uh, to share the... Um, yeah, Except yeah. an occasional glance at Elizabeth requiring no partner in play. So, yeah, his cousin was as absurd as he had hoped, and he listened to him with the keenest enjoyment, <clears throat> maintaining at the same time the most resolute composure of countenance and accepting the, an occasional glance at Elizabeth requiring no partner in his pleasure. He's playing it cool. Uh, he occasionally glances at Elizabeth like, are you seeing this? Are you <laughs> seeing this? <laughs> Look at it. Get a load of this guy. <laughs> but I'm curious to see how, I mean, like, how he's going to react to the uh, proposal then. I mean, like, if he clearly sees him as a joke, it's this is good, like he's. I mean, what they're it's setting up complicated. Yeah, because I think like yeah. this is gonna setting up conflict for Mister and Missus Bennett. Because I, I don't think Elizabeth's gonna. I don't. I don't know if they really have choice at this time in this era about whether they. I gonna, mean, I think they could make her. I guess you know. What I mean, like she mm-hmm. has to like run. She has to like run away. But I think it's gonna be like Mister Bennett's on Elizabeth's side of a no. Yeah, and Missus Bennett's Bennett like, says, "Please get, get married. married. Yeah. We need you married." Right, uh, and. So he, they're setting it up. It's like, okay, what if it was only financial? That's yes. what they're setting up. That's what that's what this character is is bringing bringing to the fore. It's like, what if it was just a financial? There's nothing to love about this guy. Unlovable. You will, you will be able to stay in this house. Right. If what if it was just that? Um, and that's what we're gonna we're gonna see. Yeah, it seemed like Mr. Bennett. That's uh, yeah. It's gonna be a, a fight between mom and dad. It's a good prediction. And then for fun, they have him read to them. <clears throat> uh, yeah. And he goes, I don't read novels, but I'll read you guys some old sermons. <laughs> and they're like, great, love sure. old sermons. And, he's, and uh, so he's reading for a little while, and then the young girls are like, do you know, Mama, that my Uncle Phillips talks of turning away Richard, and if he does, Colonel Foster will hire him? My aunt told me so herself on Saturday. I shall walk to Meryton tomorrow to hear more about it and to ask when Mr. Denny came back from town. Good. So she's like, all right, we're done with this. I want to talk about officers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None of these sermons are about officers or their pretty red coats or how broad their shoulders are. And he's he does not take it well. Pray tell me of the fair countenance of the soldiers. Yes. Uh... I have often observed how little young ladies are interested by books of serious stamp. They're written solely for their benefit, and amazes me, I confess, for certainly there can be nothing so advantageous to them as instruction. But I will no longer importune my young cousin. Importune. It's like, this is really important stuff that you're missing out, and it's a real shame that you let my expertise slide. Right, this is like <laughs> this is like him exploding with anger. Is this like polite little thing where it's like, okay, well, if you don't want to hear about this, uh, it's too bad. And he's like, you want to play backgammon, Mr. Bennett? He's like, sure, I'll play backgammon with you, you weirdo. I'll, I'll wreck you with backgammon, dude. This guy's a super weirdo. Um, yeah, I uh, I hate him. And then they go <clears throat> on a little walk with him. Yeah, I like, uh, yeah, and like, uh, Mr. Bennett's happy to have him out of the his library because, uh, frankly, he's been doing 
a lot more talking and not a lot of reading. Yes. Okay, he's reading this big folio and just talking without cessation. That's the big big theme of this book is people who pretend to read and really just like talking. Not anything like these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, too close to home. Damn. Yes. Uh, so he talks more and more about this Catherine de Burr, uh, Lady Catherine, and then we get a little bit of insight into his real intention. Having now a good house and a very sufficient income, he intended to marry. So there's the first line of the book repeated again with right. this. A man in possession of a great fortune. It is universally. A truth universally, universally acknowledged. Yeah. That a man with a good that fortune. That a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. And guess what? He's got a good fortune. He and do. Now he wants a wife. It do be like that. You first you get the money. Then, then you, you get, get the, the power. power. Then, then you, you get, get the wife. The wife, because <laughs> you're a single man with in need of a wife. In a want of a wife. In want. I'm a wife wanter. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want some wives. <laughs> I want my wife. <laughs> Give me my wife. <laughs> it's my wife. I want it Where now. Where is my wife? <laughs> <laughs> wife. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife. All right. Wife, wife okay. riff. Complete. Complete. <laughs> engage. <laughs> you don't engage a wife, you engage a fiance. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to go on anymore. Well, <laughs> I think we pretty much nailed it. <laughs> so uh, he intends to choose one of the daughters. That's the big secret. Is yeah. That he wants to marry one of and, them. And uh, he's thinking maybe the prettiest one. That's a good call. Yeah. Usually, if you want to marry a group of girls, you go with the prettiest. I'm gonna go one. with the prettiest one, and then uh, Mrs. Bennett. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Bennett, in like a very polite way, is like, um, she, uh, not that you couldn't, perhaps, like, it's like very polite with lots of refusals. Says that she will soon probably be engaged. Yes, she got a steady. She got a steady. She got a boy. There's toy. some flirting. Yeah. There's some courting, some basketball courting. Hell I, yeah! I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. Yes, and out. I'm in a riff move. We're recording pointers. late tonight, baby. Um, Pardon at night. Mrs. Bennett treasured up the hint and trusted that she. Uh, so Mr. Collins like, all right, I'll just marry Elizabeth then. Whatever, just give me one of them. <laughs> Next in line, uh, she is as fair of countenance. Yes, they always love these countenances. If you didn't know what countenance meant, you would be so screwed with this novel. You'd yes. be like, I have no idea what's going on. And of course. The countenance means face. Face. <laughs> <laughs> we said it at the same time. <laughs> I'm countenance the second till this podcast is over. <laughs> so I can um, look at this guy's countenance. Oh, man. Countenance off. The Nick Cage movie. <laughs> Um. So yeah, he's into Elizabeth. That's that. That'll, that'll do fine for him. That'll be so the, whatever. That'll Just do. give me one of them. <laughs> so they go on a, a, this big long walk, which Mister Bennett is psyched about because he's going to get Mister Collins out of the library. He's like, Leave me alone. And there's a subtle roast by the narrator, even where it's like it's been. Uh, uh, Mister Collins, being in fact much better fitted for a walker than a reader, was extremely <laughs> well pleased to close his large book and go. <laughs> it's like this guy's not really a reader. You know yeah, what I mean? Not a reading type. He's a big dumbass. He loves to preach. <clears throat> right. So I mean, like, I, what about him as a as a critique of the church? Right. He just lo- he's he's obsessed with power, 
and it's a way to get close to the nobility without right. being noble yourself. Exactly, you the uh, church. And pompous nothings on his side, which is such a big de- and civil ascent on that of his cousins. Their time passed till they entered Meryton. So he's he. She literally says like everything he says is pompous nothing. Pompous nothing. Uh, so eventually they get there, and then it's it's Officer City, baby. You can't you wow try and wrangle these girls in with all these pretty boys. You can't boys. swing a dead cat without hitting a hot officer. Officer, red coat, fair countenance. Yeah, the countenance can't on lose. these fellas. <laughs> I mean, the countenances. You got a you got a countenance for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you have a fair count of Because you're, you're really the only count I dance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Countenance riffs continue. It, it, we shall touch on it later. <laughs> you thought they were over, but they are not. Digging deeper. That's into right. It. Uh, so then we meet. So everyone's walking around. They're going to shops. And then Mr. Denny's there. Mr. Denny, I believe, is an object of uh, affection of the two youngest. Yes. He's one of the officers. And he introduces his friend, Mr. Wickham. And he brought a friend. And this Mr. Wickham is handsome as hell. Yes. And he got a red coat. Of most gentleman-like appearance. And he's got a red coat. That's all you had to do with back in that yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, gentleman-like appearance is honestly a bonus, you know? Yeah. He had all the best part of beauty, a fine countenance, a good figure, and very pleasing address. So he's got it all, baby. What, he like said hello nicely? Yes. Not like, not like where he lives, folks. Yes. He addressed, he addressed them. He addresses them in a pleasing way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Off the rails. (laughs) It's all about CNA, countenance and address. You know what I mean? That's all they want. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go out. Girls only want two things. It's disgusting. They want a good countenance and a fair address. Oh. It's like, my address is just okay, but that yeah. doesn't mean I should be alone the rest of my life. I feel like you could, put, you could take a dumpster and put a nice countenance on it, and uh, ladies would love it. Yeah. A red coat, a nice countenance, who cares? I mean, I, I mean, some guys who are all addressed. They got no countenance, yeah. <laughs> and they still rack it in. <laughs> hey, I got to ask, Kev, are you a countenance man or an address <laughs> man? <laughs> you know, I always try and be an address man, but I'm all about the countenance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, we all like a decent countenance, but... I want this man to address me. (laughs) 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 Am I right, folks? You know what I'm talking about. Fellas, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You out there. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, Wilkinson, or whatever his name is, is uh, also a Mr. Wickham. Wickham. Hot guy. He's nude in town. Hot. The new hot guys in town. That's the biggest story of the hot year. Hot to trot. Every time a new hot guy's in town. Uh, he's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, too. <laughs> what have you killed me with that gun of yours? Darcy and Bingley arrive, too. And here's the big moment. Bingley's like, hey, everybody, how's it going? Oh, I'm Bingley. Everything I say is nice and simple, blah, blah, blah. Nice to see everybody. And then Mr. Darcy is just trying, he goes, was beginning to determine not to fix his eyes on Elizabeth when they were suddenly arrested by the sight of the stranger, Mr. Wickham. And Elizabeth, happening to see the countenance of both as they looked at each other, was all astonishment at the effect of the meeting. Both changed color. One looked white, the other red. Mr. Wickham, after a few moments, touched his hat, a salutation which Mr. Darcy just deigned to return. What could be the meaning of it? It was impossible to imagine. 
It was impossible not to long to know. It was impossible not to long to know. I'm longing to know. I love, yeah, like, okay, so, like, yeah, like, this is so funny that this is, like, the biggest conflict of the entire episode right here is, like, two guys looking at each other. They look at each other and they make a weird expression. Countenance to countenance. Nance to Nance. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't got the Nance. (laughs) Look me in my Nance and say that to me. So yeah, this is the biggest drama you could possibly imagine. Is like guys giving each other a weird expression. Yeah. This is like, oh, there's some history. Oh here. man, that guy turned red. That guy. So turned much away. so that like, they there must be something secret going on. It was impossible not to long. And they're still both like, sir, sir. Like right. that's how mild it is. Very polite. Yeah, I imagine like like this like 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 the music like dun 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 dun, and it yeah. just goes boom boom boom. Yeah. Morning. Morning. That's it. Yeah, just like a little uncomfortable. What at this time must be like mortal enemy. Like, right? They would have blocked each other on Twitter. Like, yeah. And it's just like, oh, oh, right. Hey, how's it going? No, it's the it's like it's the equivalent of like of like almost fighting. Yes. Yeah. Like a harsh look. And Elizabeth's like, "Did you see that? It's impossible to not to long to know what that look meant." And then, Elizabeth, Elizabeth at this point does not know that Darcy's into her. We know because we can read Darcy's mind through point of view narration magic. Yes, and she believes that he hates her, and yes. that she's not crazy about him. But only because he told her he hates her. Yes, that or she's that he, gross. That she's gross. <laughs> You're icky and gross. That's why you never say someone's gross. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. In case you love them You're later, end up loving them. Tell, don't tell someone they're not handsome, or that you don't enjoy their counting nanny, or that you don't like their stand up. Yeah. <laughs> You may love them later. You may end up loving them, and you probably will. Yeah. If I know my audience. If I know my audience. They They're love all in love with me. And they hate my standing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so sure, Mrs. Phillips is introduced. She's just kind of a nice aunt. She, my husband's a poor lawyer. Hi, everybody. You can hey, all, she invites them all over for dinner, and she misses seeing them, and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. She's very excited about seeing the soldiers, which is, and, all, and by um, how nice Mr. Collins is, right? Yeah, Mr. Collins is great. He's Everyone, nice, even though he's a higher status than me. He's, so a, nice. he's a super gentleman uh, to a fault. And then they walked home. It was just kind of a nice, it just kind of peters out. They go home. Uh, Mr. Collins, on a return, highly gratified Mrs. Bennett by admiring Mrs. Phillips' manners and politeness. He protested that except Lady Catherine and her daughter, he had never seen a more elegant woman, for she had not only received him with the utmost civility, but had even pointedly included him in her invitation for the next evening. Except, of course, for Lady Catherine, who pays all my bills. Yes. Uh, There's no one nicer than this lady. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. That's that's the drama of this one. Yeah. Uh, So kind of a bit of a transitional episode, I'd say. We're transitioning to maybe yes. the Mr. Collins, Mr. Collins sort of episodes going to be coming up. I think. Yeah, new characters introduced. Yeah. I feel like we got a proposal coming up, and I feel like that'll be the drama. And and uh, and yeah, we'll be we'll have Elizabeth sort of reckoning with what's going on with Mr. Collins, the money, Darcy. So we've got a, a secret between Darcy and Wickham. There's some history there that is supposed to be a point of intrigue. Uh, Do you think there's going to be? Have you read ahead? No, I've not. I, okay, are you assuming that there's some history there? Yeah, why else okay. would they give each other a weird look, and why would they... I thought it was because he was jealous because he was standing by 
uh, Elizabeth. They both looked at each other, though, because one turned white, one turned red. So that's yeah, yeah. A, that's a recognition. Oh, I guess so. If Wickham didn't know, because Wickham was not like, yeah, he hasn't talked to Elizabeth. He hasn't been like. He's like Darcy wasn't like you're stealing my girl, bro. True. Yeah. So Wickham doesn't know. So Wickham recognizes something in Darcy. So they probably know do know each other. They probably do know each other. All right. It's impossible not to long to know. <clears throat> God. Actually, you know what? She's right. I do long to know now. Yes. That's pretty dramatic. Uh, we're going to get a proposal probably for Mr. Collins, or hopefully he leaves. Gosh, I want him out of the house. What a loser. What a, like a, uh, God, like a, like a, like a, it's a wet man, like a disgust, yeah. like a wet blanket man. Oh, man. Like a He's like a uh, basement dweller. Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, what's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm a pastor for a, a noble. <laughs> <laughs> And LaFonda is his uh, Lady his Catherine. Lady Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Not yeah. bad. So, yeah, I mean, there's always, like, a little bit of, like, I think maybe that's, like, wh- why she's so funny is that she has to support a lot of pretty dry parts of the developing yeah. plot. Because it's, like, a, it's a bigger than normal book. It's 440 pages for me, and they're a decent size. Oh, wow. Um. And so I think it is like she's got to set up a very complex series of social blunders. Uh, we got the Darcy Elizabeth storyline, the Darcy Wickham storyline, the Collins Elizabeth storyline. Yes. We Mr. got Mrs. the Jane Bennett. Bingley storyline. We got the Miss, Miss Bingley and the Darcy uh, storyline. It's also it's just a, it's a it's a it's just social novel. All the conflict is social. Yes. So we're getting more characters involved, and they're going to do social things that are going to make other social things go badly. It's a series of domino effects. Yeah. Get ready. More like a series of dominoes effects. It's all a pizza party Let's for these guys. Let's have a pizza. Yeah, okay. well, yeah man. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Home yeah. run to close it out. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see all your countenances on the next episode. Yeah, I miss your countenance. Uh, check out my stand-up comedy on the internet. I'm uh, at Ha Hartnet on Instagram. I am uh, at Kevin Lapkovich on Twitter. Kev's back on Twitter after a long break. And I'm, I'm better than ever. Throw him a like. Throw him a retweet. Yeah. He's back. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for, so much for listening. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye. You know this. Outside. It's like showbiz. We fly. No lie. You know this. Outside. It's like showbiz.